Hey, how about them tops, son? All day, SEC boys. You're listening to the Red Out Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome into another Red Out Podcast. My name is Devin. And I hope you enjoy the show. If you do, keep listening, subscribe, and do all that good stuff, like, share, blah, blah, blah. Uh, We appreciate your support. Uh, Looks like we're going to have Jared in here just in a second. There we go. How are you going, buddy? How's it going, buddy? It's good. How are you, man? Doing good. I'm going to get my tongue tied tonight a lot. I can already feel it coming. It's Um, (laughs) uh, So I guess let's start with some winners and losers. And uh, I will let you know, I do have a soundbite that I'm going to play because my daughter is very handsy with my phone. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Here we go. And uh, when she's talking to my mom, she took a picture on FaceTime, so we'll start doing... That's so good! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we have good news. We'll start doing that. Um... So anyway, uh, winners and losers. What do you got, buddy? Oh, you know, I mean, I haven't got to pay as much attention recently, but if I had to choose a winner, I would have to say Louisiana Tech because I did my State of Conference USA article today, and they're actually in the lead of the West now. And that was something I saw coming. Like, I could just feel it once they started to play UAB and North Texas and all of those teams. I saw them, like, I was like, if they win those games, I mean, they'll move to the top. And sure enough, the way that it's gone is that it kind of surprised everybody and flown under the radar. But they're a really solid team. So, I mean, shout out to the Bulldogs as much as – see, look, your, your dog agrees. Oh, yes, completely. Um, yeah, I actually, when I was pulling up and doing a little show prep here, I saw that Louisiana Tech had slid into the number one, and I was like, oh, nice. Um so is Louisiana Tech a team that scares you going into conference play or a tournament play? Um, well, I mean, we split games with them. So, I mean, that they could definitely have the potential to beat us again. But, I mean, nothing scares me more than when you sweep a team in the regular season and you play them in the conference tournament because usually nine times out of ten we end up losing that game. Amen. Amen. I was going to say. It's like really good teams, yeah. Well, I was going to say we split with Charlotte too, so. Yeah. But luckily, Charlotte's uh, six six games back, which, by the way, that is totally a game you would like to have back, right? Oh, yeah. That one was oh terrible. Gosh. Yeah. But another thing, um, too, I mean, with Old Dominion, I mean, we'll talk about this later. But, I mean, they're another team that I feel like we beat them a lot in the regular season. And then when it really matters is when we lose to them. Because we beat them first year when we were in Conference USA – than when they were number 25 in the country. And they probably haven't forgot that. <laughs> I was going to say that, you know, that's almost like a little Marshall rivalry thing going on right there. Honestly, the Old Dominion Western games in college basketball are always so good. So good. There's always something crazy that happens. Like when we got off to a 21 to nothing start in basketball and ended up losing that game. That made me so mad. <laughs> I was going to say, it's almost as bad as when we played them in football and actually made ESPN and had that god-awful freak show play that happened at the end. That was, for those of you who don't remember, 
you need to look it up on uh, look it up on Hilltop Revolt. I'm sure the Tower X probably got that game on there at some point. But good God, that's just a yeah, bad memory. Western fans want to forget. If I had to choose a loser for the week, I don't know if you saw this, but it would have to be Wright State because they played Milwaukee in the Horizon League tournament. Like Wright State was a two seed, Milwaukee was an eight. And I think that Wright State was winning like 71 to 48 with like seven or eight minutes left in the game. And they ended up losing in overtime to Milwaukee. So I mean, oh that was an epic collapse. I mean, March Madness has already begun. And we're only a couple of days into it. So that's a good sign. Uh, well, before we start talking March Madness, uh, let's talk a little bit. We got women's volleyball beat Marshall, uh, three sets Good. to one, and which yeah, anytime we play them, it's great. Uh, women's tennis lost six to one. Uh, of course, we I guess we ended up sweeping Marshall and volleyball because we beat them three sets to none on the twenty uh, eighth, and on the first we beat them three to one. Um, then of course. We'll get into men's basketball in a minute, but that March, that February twenty eighth game that's that's the kind of game we needed right there ninety one fifty eight, and of course baseball ended up losing one of their games to Cincinnati. I think they won the opener if I'm not mistaken. They played. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to pull it up here. Um, I think it was like North Dakota State was the opener, wasn't it? Was it okay? You might be right. I don't. I don't keep up with baseball match. Okay, on Saturday we played and we won five to four, and then softball played Bowling Green State in the Hilltopper Classic and won eight to nothing. So, and then of course, I guess Western had a. I guess the baseball had a doubleheader because they played later and lost mm-hmm. eleven to three. Good God! <laughs> so that, that just last seems rough. That does sound really rough. That's one of those where you're like, man, I wish y'all bet. I bet y'all wish that you had a, a you know a ten game run, or a ten run rule like they do in little league. <laughs> when we played Vandy, especially, that was just brutal. Oh, that's just yeah, that was awful. Um, of course, uh, volleyball beat. Like I said, they beat them. Uh, then of course, Westerns girls. I I get so lost on the Western sports page. I'm just gonna pull up ESPN here. Um, I'm so lost on theirs. I just can't even like focus on it right now. Um, so the girl in women's basketball, we actually ended up winning our first match or first match, first game, uh, 66, 56. And then we ended up losing the second one, uh, 82, 79. But for the first game there, uh, we've got, oh my gosh. Uh, how do you say her name? Poyo, po- Poe, Poe. Oh, you? Uh, I'm not really sure. I know, right? I'm saying it's so wrong, you can't even understand Just it. Just make it the most rednecky way possible. Poe? There you go. Uh, it, I can't even like click it to see what her name is. Well, I can tell you right now, uh, she scored more points than El Degawe, yeah. and she got 23 points. Um, I'm assuming it's like Felicia, but uh, congratulations to you. Having a great game. Got uh, 9 of 14 field goals, no free throws. Um, Western shot 42%, uh, 44% from three. We had five less turnovers than the uh, Cougars. Panthers, sorry, Panthers. They look like a Cougar to me. I don't know why. I mean, it's literally uh, the same thing. It's just a different name. Yeah, but I don't think you can call a girls basketball team Cougars, can you? 
Well, I assume that like Houston and BYU, I mean, they're technically the Cougars. I mean, I don't see them changing their names. So, so okay. Of course, this is the new generation and everything. I don't know because I'm an old man. But is it like the Lady Cougars or are they still just the Cougars? You get what I'm saying? Uh, I would have to look that up. I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, the Panthers. Uh, Western had three more rebounds in the first game. And that's probably ba- what happened is Western basically just shut them down on defense. Um, you know, had a couple – had five good takeaways and got a few more rebounds than they did. Um, basically dominating the first and second quarter there and then had a back and forth in the third and the fourth just pulled away. And that's that's basically how you're going to win that game. Yeah. Uh, now the second game, the – Panthers, Lady Panthers, whatever you want to call them, uh, they ended up basically staying with Western the entire time. It looked like a dogfight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Western shot 43%. They shot 45%. We shot 25% from three, which that's going to kill you every da- every time. Uh, Western had 15 turnovers. They had 16. And rebounds, we had 36. They had 38. So they came to play, basically, is what I'm looking at. And Elda Godway... Abba de Godaway. God, I, I, I'm sorry. Okay. I just want to apologize beforehand. I'm probably going to screw your name up. I'm sorry. You did a really good job. You scored 29 points. You had 12 of 18, and you shot three or four free, uh, free throws. You can't beat that. That's that's really just – that's she's played amazingly. Um, but uh, it ended up – FIU ended up taking the game. Uh, and of course, Western is five games back from first, and Middle Tennessee bleh, rules first. Uh, they're sitting on top of that as far as the women's side. In the East is concerned, uh, in the West, Rice is the king, queen. They're the ruler of the West. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry, I just saw this and it kind of made me laugh a little bit. Uh, do you know how many games UTSA is out in women's side? No, I don't. 12. Mm, goodness. They're 12 games back from first in the West. Yeah, first of I mean, all, Rice is pretty dominant. That's sad, and I hate that for them. They are 0-14 in conference and 2-17 and overall. I don't know if there's a backstory there, which would might be interesting, or if they're just not having a really good season. So, yeah, uh, best of luck to UTSA. Game. And actually... Yeah. Sitting at nine games back is UAB women's basketball. Hmm, that's kind of surprising. They used to be pretty decent. But this is funny to me, okay? Just looking at these on ESPN, uh, you got okay, let's go to the east. Now this is gonna make this is gonna what's gonna make this picture this if you can. Charlotte's sitting two games back. FIU, FAU are four games back. Marshall and Western are five games back, and then the most the furthest out is Old Dominion with six games. When you go to the West, you got North Texas with two. You've got UTEP with one. You've got Louisiana Tech with five. Then we go crazy. Southern Miss is eight games back. UAB is nine games back. UTSA, 12 games back. That just blows my mind. That yeah. we can go from like one, two, five to eight, nine, twelve. Like, good mm-hmm. gosh, have you? What have you done? What's going on over there? Nah, uh, Rice has just been that dominant for the most part. 
They they really have. Um, I have to actually look up something real quick because I got called out last week. So I'm going to pull up a thesaurus. <laughs> oh boy, are you going to look up the meaning of digress or a different? No, I'm not looking up the meaning. I'm looking up synonyms for it. So no. So let's see here. Uh, nope, wrong one. Digress. There we go. Um. Okay. Word of the day from Red Out Podcast. Yeah. So I get sidetracked. Let's turn aside. Let's wander away. Go off on a tangent. I mean, these are all. Yeah. Okay. I so. Like uh. Let's circumlocate. Locate. 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 See, okay. you already stumbled over it. You. Can yeah. I know. I've got to. I've got to wander back to our topic that we're talking about right now. Um. Get out of that calendar because that's crap. All right. Out of that. Okay. Uh, so, like I said, uh, Lady Tops ended up dropping both those games, uh, about one game, splitting it, bl- splitting it with the Panthers. Uh, so that's 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 good. I mean, I, that's a positive note for them. Um, chances of making it to well, I don't know. How are they doing the? Are how are they doing Conference USA women's? Well, style? I assume it's going to be like the men's, and every team will be able to be in it because all fourteen teams are represented on the men's side. I don't know why they wouldn't do that for the women's side. Okay, chances women come out on top in the tournament. Ours. Ugh. Let's Maybe okay. 20. Let's back up. Let's back up. Okay, uh, so we got what fourteen teams? So it's probably going to be what four rounds. Yeah. Okay, so chances the girls make it to the. Uh, let's say let's let's just do it round round by round. First round chances they make it to the second. I think there's like a sixty percent chance they could for sure. Okay, second to third. Uh, maybe like a forty percent chance. Okay, third to fourth. Uh, twenty. See, I'm gonna say it's probably. I, I agree with first. I'll say sixty. Um, second to third, I'm gonna say it's probably gonna be about twenty-five. And then third to fourth, I'm going to say it's about 12, 10 or 12. I think it's, well, I think, I, mean, I think whoever they play, if they played them 10 times, they would win one game. Does that make sense? That's where yeah, I'm getting the math. But see, the way I view it is that they were kind of screwed over at the beginning of the season, anyways, because Renee wasn't able to play at all. But ever since she's been back with the team, they've been able to get a little bit more momentum going in conference play. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, they could end up getting hot and getting to That's so good. Third round. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, that's that is good though. That's I, I hope they do. Um don't get me wrong, I want them to succeed and I want them to do well and I would be thrilled beyond measure if they just snuck in the tournament, you know, stumbled maybe the first couple games and won by like 3 or 4 points. And then they just dominated the rest of it and just stole it. You know, hey, I'm good with that. If they steal one, completely fine. Don't even care. Um, Let's see here. All right, let's talk men's. Let's get back on subject here. Um, Dr. Jekyll and Hyde (laughs) team, known as our men's basketball program. Okay, so obviously we lost to Houston, which was, yeah, that was atrocious. I saw the I mean, score. They made, they made Quentin Grimes look like Kyrie Irving. That was just, I mean, he is an exceptional player. Like, that dude is going to be an NBA player. He, at least he should be. 
Like, I haven't checked the latest NBA mock rounds and stuff to see who all's going where, but Quentin Grimes needs to be playing professionally. And, and also, they played, I think it was USF after us, and they ended up completely obliterating them as well. So we shouldn't feel too bad. But as good, as good of a team as we're billed to be, we still shouldn't have lost as bad as we did, in my opinion. Um. Okay, let me see where Houston's ranked. They're ranked ninth right now, which, by the way, that's if we could have stole that game, that would have been awesome. Uh, yeah. But when with Western playing um, such a good team like Houston, I honestly, even Jude Redfield, I don't know if he listens to the show or not, which I hope he does. Um, I listened to him the, that morning before they played because I like watching Jude support him. He's a hilltopper um, and local Louisville weatherman. But anyway, um, and he's like, Bet on that game all day. They're gonna they'll they'll get the under. And I was like, I completely agree. We talked about this last night. And mm-hmm. when I saw the scores, I was like, I saw Western score, and I thought, oh, somebody screwed up again and sent out the halftime instead of the final. And then I I clicked mm-hmm. it and looked at it, and I was like, no, this is really bad. And I was like, oh, Houston got eighty one. Oh, this is awful. This is a disaster. But usually Western, from my experience and from what I've seen a lot of the year, has played up to the competition, which is usually. both good and bad. Yeah, usually um, that's good and bad. We've we've played up to the Alabama. We've played up to Memphis, you know, some of these other teams. We didn't do so well against West Virginia, but we stuck with them. We were six points off. That's not that bad. Yeah. And, you know, then you have these other teams where you're like, ooh, you know, we should have really done a lot better. Um, You know, Charlotte, Louisiana Tech, which they're actually turned out to be pretty good. But then you see that score and you're like, oh, my gosh, we didn't even score 60 points. You know, you would think that this team should be able to at least throw up 60 points. But anyway, uh, what were your yeah. thoughts on the game? Um, it was just really disappointing. Like, they were able to hang in there in the first half, it, despite Bassey only getting hot at the last two minutes of the game. Like, they were able to get within one point after being done by 12. And I thought, man, we got a shot. They're going to come out of halftime and we'll hopefully look better. But, God, we looked horrible. Like, it's just been turnovers. This team has been absolutely killed by turnovers. Like, I know they had to have at least 20 in that game, I think. Exactly. Like. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just completely inexcusable. You got like four seniors out on the floor most of the time, and it, it just should not be that bad of ball handling. I mean, another thing that was bad is that Luke Frampton was out, and to literally every person that's been that message in the towel rack and asking, why is Frampton out? Why is Frampton out? No one knows. It's listed as disclosed. That could mean literally anything. If you want answers, call the athletic department, and then they'll tell you the exact same thing. No one is going to tell you why he's out. So I don't know if he'll be available for the Old Dominion series. I hope so. We really need his three-point shooting for sure, but we don't know. So, I mean, it could be grades. It could be anything. I mean, with that explanation. It could be just like a small injury that they don't want to put on the injury report. Uh, I mean, he was on the sideline. He was there, but which, by the way, you would think if it was something like that, what they would not take him anywhere. Yeah, like he if would stay COVID, home. Would, yeah, if it was COVID, he wouldn't be there. 
So um, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. Too. If it was discipline too, I wouldn't think they would take him. You know, you think he would just stay, unless I mean, unless something happened on the trip that you know you don't know about or something. I don't know. Yeah, and it's kind of sketch to me that they won't even. I mean, I do feel like we sometimes put student athletes on too high of a pedestal and just expect them to perform regardless of what the circumstances are. I mean, I know that Kevin I agree. and other professionals have been really good about talking about the mental health side of things and that. I mean, he took, like, a big leave in the NBA for mental health reasons, and I know he got judged for that, but I respect it a lot. And I don't know I, – I mean, I don't know what my Frampton is out, but if it was for a reason like that, I think it needs to be respected regardless. I completely agree. If it was mental health or whatever, or you know, that's completely understandable. Um, and yeah, I agree with what you're saying there on the, uh, excuse me, on the on you know the pressure on the student athletes. That's always my criticism of uh, Big Blue Nation, because they will jump on these 18 and 19 year old kids for missing a three point shot or something like that. And I've never understood that. Because these kids are 18 or 19 years old, you know, give them some slack. You know, it's just a game. At the end of the day, I know. And they're always way too high strung about sports, especially basketball. But like, they deserved a season like this, TBA. They're (laughs) fan based. They deserve worse than what they get, in my opinion. But like, here's my thing with like, like, well, just Kentucky basketball is just the one I'm targeting right now because, like, you can't go after a kid. Like, for instance, when they lost to whoever, I don't even, I'm not even following them this year. Like, if they lost to Tennessee, which they probably did, um, you know, it's not like the state of Tennessee is going to take over the state of Kentucky. It has no bearing on the your life except for your coworker that may cheer for Tennessee. You know? What are you talking about? Tennessee's already <laughs> taken over Kentucky. I live in Simpson County right on the state line, and I guarantee that 80% of the people in our Walmart right now are from Portland and not Franklin. That's probably true. That's uh, that's, they, that's They come over here and get that 6% sales tax as opposed to the 10% <laughs> tax they have in Tennessee. They have been raiding our Walmart since they opened it. I'm just saying. <laughs> so here's my thing. Since you want to talk sales tax, I would be fine with a four percent sales tax increase in the state of Kentucky, but no, but it, but take off the income tax. Yeah, that would that would be I fine with me. Know. I don't think they would do that, but it would Probably it would make not. figuring up it would make figuring up purchases like a hundred times easier. Yeah, if I spend one hundred and thirty bucks, then I know that I've got you know what thirteen dollars there in tax. That's fine with me. I don't care. It makes it easier to figure it up. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. So we're talking about the Houston game. Basically, Western came pretty close right there at the end of the first half. It was uh, 38-39 to end the first, which that's pretty awesome. You know, I know they struggled part of the way through the first. You know, it was 19-31, whatever. And then Western's, you know, basically kind of held them off for a little bit. But just like you said, that Grimes kid – they made him look like Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, whoever you want to call him. I mean, the dude scored 33 points, 11 of 21, and three for three free throws. That's That dude was on fire. That's somebody you wish you could have well, caught. I mean, they didn't guard him. <laughs> I mean, that's just part of Stansbury's defense is that they no one wanted to guard him, it looks like. I mean, he was taking all these wide-open threes, and guess what? He's going to make them. 
So I don't know why Stansbury of the, doesn't uh, know how to teach defense, but he can't at this point. I've seen five years of this nonsense, and it's pretty bad. <laughs> you sound really upset over there. Uh, I am between, really upset. We're in the Walmart, the Franklin Walmart. and <laughs> I don't know I don't which angers me more. I don't think I could tell you which angers me more. They're both almost <laughs> equal. Western's defense and Franklin's defense to Tennesseans is both pretty atrocious. Uh, and people who use who put their phone on speaker and trying to get you to hear oh, the order to the other side. <laughs> oh, no, that's that. worse than that's worse than both of them. <laughs> I will say, um, I've had listeners messaging me and talking about how hilarious that is that they've never heard that. So, mm-hmm. uh, but, um. I will meander back to the topic. Uh, Field goal percentage, Western shot 41. Houston shot 46. Three-point percentage, Western shot 23. And Houston shot 41. Jeez. And like you said, with with, uh, uh, whoever you said, Frampton, is that right? Yeah. With Frampton being out, that's going to take out a big chunk of that. Because I'm going to say if we had him in the game, you know, at least I I would – I would be willing to bet, what would you say, at least 10 or 12 more points onto what we had? Uh, it depends on how well he was shooting. Even if he just made like three or four threes, that would be like nine to 12 points. So that would have been pretty big. Okay. Western, here's and exactly what you said earlier. Western had 20 turnovers where Houston had nine, which completely detrimental. Mm-hmm. You could not win a game when you have 11 more turnovers than your Excuse yeah. me, but we, and of course we were dead even with rebounds. We had thirty-one. Um, where is your mind as far as this Houston game when it comes to judging success for Western? If we scored seventy points, do you think we're going to win the conference tournament playing Houston? If we score well, sixty points, you know what? Where do you? How do you judge this game with conference play? I feel like even if we would have kept it within 15 to 10 points, all of us would feel so much more comfortable going into Frisco. But just taking a blowout of that magnitude, I mean, we've always seen what this team is capable of. I mean, beating Memphis, beating Alabama, and just kind of throwing away this opportunity literally to the other team. I mean, all those turnovers. I mean, I'm always going to come back to that. That and the defense has been our issue. But I don't think it's the end of the world. I mean, thankfully, with FIU, we were able to rebound a little bit and still be able to be first in conference right now. But we're going to have to take care of business against Old Dominion because I don't think we're going to get it at large. I mean, sure, we have that quadrant one win against Alabama and stuff. But with all of these blue bloods that have been struggling, like Michigan State and Duke and teams like that, I mean, they're going to get in the tournament before us. I mean, oh, definitely. You can you you can count on that just for the fact that they're in a Power Five conference. I mean, it just goes back to that whole bias and everything. So we're gonna have to win out if we want to get in the tournament, in my opinion. So here's my question. Um, let's talk. Yeah, see, Diddle agrees. Um, yeah, he does. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about tournament a little bit. You were we were talking off the air before the show, and you were explaining to me that. When it comes with that, first off, North Texas is going to host the NIT. Is that correct? Yes. So the NIT is still a go for this season, but it's going to be a lot smaller field than it normally is. It's only going to be 16 teams altogether. 
So, I mean, whoever technically is like the auto bid winner, I guess. Well, I mean, traditionally, if you got the, uh, I think it was if you got either the regular season title or you lost the conference title game, you would get like an auto bid into the NIT. So that's something right that there. they could potentially do. But I don't think they're doing it that way this year. They're probably just going to have to do it with like the 16 best teams that don't end up making the NCAAs. I'm sure that's what they're going to try to go for. So, I mean, I think there'll be a, maybe a team or two from Conference USA that could represent it. But, I mean, it'll be the same thing. They'll be familiar with it because they'll be playing there literally like the week before. <laughs> now, another thing, we, we've been speculating for a few weeks as far as how the NCAA tournament's going to play out. Um, I'll let you explain that because you were explaining to me how they're going to do it. Go ahead. Yeah, so hypothetically speaking – if we were to somehow get into the NCAA tournament again, which we need to, I hope, yes. there's going to be a lot of different things. So so let's just go through it. Say we just beat whoever for the conference title. We have the auto bid. Yay, we're all happy. We wait for Selection Sunday, and the, bla- the brackets are placed. So from Selection Sunday until the Tuesday when the games start, like, every team that qualifies for the NCAA tournament is going to have to take, like, a bunch of COVID tests and all these other medical things to be able to still be able to play in the tournament. So let's say that we win the tournament, but one of our players catches COVID for some reason. Then we would have to back out of the tournament. But if it's before the tournament begins, Conference USA can pick another team in the conference to be the representative for CUSA and put them in our spot but it would change the seeding of the bracket. So, like, we would be a higher seed, like a 12, probably. But they, say they put in North Texas or Louisiana Tech instead of us. So they would maybe be seeded like a 12 or 13, somewhere around there as well. So it wouldn't change a whole lot. So that's something that's definitely going to change. But once the bracket is set and it's the games have began, that's it. So if we get into the NCAA tournament and we play uh, – Memphis. Well, Memphis, yeah, sure. I'll just use them. I'm just throwing out a team. Yeah. So, like, say we're a 12 seed and we play a 5 seed, and the 5 seed is unable to play due to COVID. They won't be able to have anyone make up for that game, so it's just forfeited and we will be able to move on without having to play. Like, I know that this season is going to be absolutely filled with asterisks probably because of stuff. Oh, my gosh. I I really do hope that they can make it through an entire NCAA tournament without that happening, without even just, like, one or two teams having to back out. If all of the teams that qualify for the tournament are able to play, I feel like that would be as big of an accomplishment as the NBA bubble last year. That would be incredible. Like, they did sort of create kind of a bubble in the state of Indiana, but at the same time, it's the state of Indiana. So, uh, <laughs> we'll, well see that, how that goes. Well, that's my thing, though, with, like, can you imagine? And I can totally see this happen to Western. Let's just say, like, a manager or somebody gets tested and they have COVID and, you know, Western's knocked out of the tournament. Or even, like, that would be the complete Western thing to happen is that Western – so mad gets in the tournament, gets, you know, gets their perfect game they want to play and yada, 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 and then we get sidelined, and I'm going to say probably like Law Tech, um, but it'd probably be Marshall just because it's just us. Yeah. (laughs) I I get your point. It'd probably be Old Dominion. I feel like the game this weekend will determine who wins the regular season title. 
I think so uh, too. Because Louisiana Tech, they're not playing. And also North Texas and UAB, they are playing. So if UAB were to sweep North Texas, then UAB only moves up to second. But if North Texas sweeps UAB, then they get back into that first place spot. In the no West. kidding. Wow. And But if we sweep and take care of business against Old Dominion, then we're in. Uh, we win the conference uh, championship, the regular season one, which I think that is huge if we're able to do that. I really want us to. But if we split, I don't like our chances as well. It depends on how those other games turn out. And I, I really don't want to share it with anybody either. I mean, there's a good chance we may have to share a res- regular season title with somebody, which I think is just BS. I mean, uh, to share a title with someone. I agree. Opinion. But, I mean, I worst agree. case scenario, we get swept by Old Dominion and they end up getting it. But that would be bad. Completely agree. Um, and I can hear a lot of teams this year going to be complaining like no other. You know what? And see, another thing, too, gauging all the comments of fans and stuff, like within my WKU basketball group, like someone was bringing up the mention of the NIT and how it was changed this year. And basically every comment was like, screw the NIT. If we don't get into NCAAs, then it's useless. And personally, after five years of Stansberry being here, I agree with that. Yeah, I think it's time for us to get back in the big dance. And this is arguably the most talented team that we've had with Bassey, a national talent. We have four seniors. Like, we finally have good seniors like Josh Anderson, Tavion Hollinsworth, and Kenny Cooper's been playing really good recently, too. You have your good three-point shooting threat with Luke Frampton. You have some good young players like McKnight and Rawls. Like, we have all of the pieces, so there's no excuse for us to leave Frisco empty-handed, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, So, we are in agreement, and I'm going to say a lot of fans are in agreement, too, that if we get a a bid to the NIT – then screw that, basically, right? I mean, we'll, obviously, we'll keep up with it. I mean, we had that NIT Final Four run with Justin oh, yeah. Johnson, his senior oh, year. Yeah. But I would have, I would have much rather him been able to have gotten in the NCAA tournament because I feel like we would have been a really good team. But of course, I just feel like we're cursed playing in the conference tournament <laughs> ever since we've been in this conference. It's just something about it where what can go wrong will go wrong. And I really hope that that doesn't happen in a couple weeks. I will be so mad. <laughs> I agree. Welcome how how in much do we have proper. to suffer? Like, why, how come I suffer so much as a sports fan? I've been a Dolphins fan since 2004, <laughs> and I've been a Pacers fan, and they've been decimated with injuries like the past five years. So I keep thinking I'll catch a break maybe in the next 30 years. We'll see. So I have to read a comment since you brought up the Miami um, I had a I had a listener message me on Facebook, um, and uh, okay, here we go. Hold on, let me see if I can find this. Uh, sorry, I got to scroll. Sorry, uh, one of our listeners sent me a, sent me a message, and it said uh, he could not believe. Oh, it was a comment. I'm sorry. Um, that Tom Brady has plagued you for what was it, fourteen or fifteen years? Oh, it's like sixteen years. Sixteen years, and his ex-wife only plagued him for eleven. So, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I mean, oh, that's all you need to know. Hilarious. That's all you yeah. need to know. That's hilarious. Um, but anyway, I depart from that topic, and uh, but we're talking about we're talking about Western versus M- uh, FIU. And first game, uh, Western 71-59, basically dominated like we needed. 
that uh, was the second game. Second game, I'm sorry. 91-58 was the first game. And go. if you look at the game, Western just basically just dominated, just took off. Uh, Phil, I think this was a good frustrating frustration release uh, after the Houston game. So FIU uh, shot 36, Western shot 49 from the field. Three-point, we shot 36, they shot 32. Turnovers, we got 18, or no, they got 18, I'm sorry. Western got 11, and rebounds, we got 51, and they got 30. Good gosh. Is there anybody even standing underneath the goal for FIU? Uh, no. Charles is just eating it up. Uh, he had them. a double-double in the first half almost. <laughs> he was oh one gosh. rebound shy from having a double-double in the first half in the first game. That's awesome. I'm just saying, this kid's resume is developing so well. I, any team that takes him is going to be lucky. Oh, um, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, and like I said, the second game is 71-59. Uh, FIU tried to stay with him a little bit in the second half, but it wasn't as well as the – it wasn't as well. Uh, Western ended up pushing off and just kind of running off with it, uh, shooting 35% from the field, 51 for Western, uh, three-point percentage. They had 27. We had 31 turnovers. We actually had 21 turnovers and still won that game. We it's cannot do that. Yes, yeah, it is. We like, cannot do that. It's horrible. I mean, I know that a lot of these younger players like Milton and, I mean, Asawe got more minutes, and I think the – Cozart, he got more minutes too. But still, though, God, you can't be turning the ball over more than 20 times against the seller dweller of your conference. I don't care well, if it's the second game and a good day. I mean, you should still be able to come out and dominate the same way that you did. And that's the thing, too, is Western had 11 in the first game and 21 in the second game. And that's yeah, the big yeah. difference. That's why there's 20 points difference there. Um, another thing, too. FIU had 11 turnovers in the second game, and they had 18 in the first. But, of course, Western's rebounds is what saved them. Western I mean, had honestly, three rebounds. Like, I'm honestly terrified for this Old Dominion series because I feel like it's either going to be the long-awaited moment that we've been waiting for since we joined CUSA, or it's just going to be another nail in our coffin of getting into the NCAA tournament. Because the way that they play defense, especially, like the, they play the good half-court defense and just shutting people down to make them go that slow Virginia-type pace. And, I mean, that's how you beat us, is that you force us to shoot threes and you force us to actually play half-court offense. Because... When we do that, we just end up passing the ball around the perimeter. Charles is trying to do something either in the like too far away from the basket or they can't get him the ball to the basket, and then it's like a shot clock violation. I can't tell you how many times I've seen just our offense be completely stagnant and not be able to have any type of ball movement whatsoever when the other team is able to set their defense. So we're going to have to try to get as much fast-break stuff as possible because if we're forced to – play their speed and their tempo and they end up controlling the flow of the game, then I think that it could end really bad for us. Definitely agree with that. You know, you we've got to take command of the game. And honestly, I think this ODU game is going to be a big test for us. Um, uh, this ODU game is going to have to be a big test for us. I mean, I would honestly like to see us beat ODU straight up get the conference regular season title and then head into the tournament. Maybe not with the big head, but with a chip on our shoulder and we'll just be set, you know, just let it play out, see how it comes. And I think, I think it's, 
I think Western is at that point where it is March Madness or bust. I mean, this series this weekend to me is going to be our first test of what a conference championship could be like. Because yes. this, this is where you control your own destiny. If you win, you move on and you survive. If you don't, then it puts you in a lot harder position. Like All you have to do is just go out there and win. And I really wish that they could come into these games this weekend with a good mindset and be able to have that killer mentality just to put a team away for once. Amen, Diddle. Amen. I agree with you, yes. buddy. Um, so, sorry, I got to make sure I got the right ones here. Um, but yeah, we definitely got to have that chip on our shoulder when we go into the tournament. But this is something that's kind of wild to me. Um, so, ESPN. Just clicked on the first game here, March 5th, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. So that's on Friday, 7 p.m. Central. What do you want to guess ESPN's matchup predictor has the game set at? Just oh, I saw that. Round numbers. Okay, so you've already said it. Okay, well, so spoiler, yeah. spoiler alert for our listeners. Western has an 83.6% chance of beating ODU, according to that's ESPN. That's way too high. That's way I completely too high agree. for my liking. Completely agree. Um, and again, at the same time, I said that the seven percent was way too low for us against Houston, and, and that seven percent looked awful generous after <laughs> we actually played that game. I agree. Uh, so, looking at the stats, Western's averaging about seventy-four points a game, uh, points against about sixty-nine, which is about what ODU scoring. Uh, field goal percentage, we're shooting about the same. Rebounds, about the same. Uh, basically, we are. Step for step with ODU. This is going to be a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, now, defensively, are the, do they still do that kind of Virginia-style junk that they've been doing? Yes. Because Jeff uh, Jones, he was the coach for Virginia for a while, and he ended up – well, I, I guess he just wasn't good enough that's the, the SEC level. That is the most monotonous, boring – but that's yeah. just monotonous, boring basketball, and I, it's just so – um, I mean, it's not as bad as, like, whoever started the four corners or whatever. <laughs> like, they literally <laughs> had to change the rule book because of that. Actually, you want to talk about changing the rule book. One of the funniest things I heard is um, you've heard the term the key in basketball. Mm-hmm. So what it is is it, it was actually, like, a two-foot strip going from the top of the top of the key – all the way to the goal. And there was a dude, so they had to change the size of this thing because there was a guy that was so tall that he would straddle it. And he, he could keep from getting lane violations because technically his feet were on each side of it. But it was in the shape of a key. Yeah. So that's what they would say at the top of the key. Um, I always thought that was really interesting. But anyway, um, I depart. I drift, I should say. I drift. Um, yeah, Abby's not very happy with that one. But anyway, uh, so what are, what are your chances? What are you thinking? What are your what is your percentage chance this weekend for Western to uh, sweep ODU? I mean, it's about the same as it always is. I feel like for the first game, we definitely have a really good shot of coming out and playing really strong. And I think there's like a seventy, maybe sixty five percent chance we win the first game. But it's that second game that's always the killer. Like, whenever yeah. you play the same team back-to-back like that, I mean, it's just so hard to completely sweep. But especially with the good competition, 
So it's going to be really hard to win that second game. I feel like there's only like a 51% shot to win that. I think that's fair. I think that's fair as far as the second game goes because this is a good team. They are defensively really good, and I think this team can really make some changes on the fly. And I, I honestly, I'm kind of wondering if, you know, 50% isn't a little high. I think we're maybe in the 40s for winning that second game. Yeah. Which – I don't know. How would that affect us in Conference USA standings if we split? Are I mean, we co-east? Maybe. Because, I mean, technically our record would still be better than Old Dominion's. We would both have 11 games, but we would have two or two less losses than them. So, technically, we would have the better winning percentage than they would. So, I mean, I don't know. They it's going to be hard. They lost to FIU. They lost one game to them. Old Dominion uh, did? Yes. How? Lost, I don't How know. did anyone lose a game to FIU this season? They lost 82-67. Did they have their entire team decide to not play and let the managers <laughs> play? I think they decided to play with one hand tied behind their back. Uh, yeah. But then uh, they lost to Rice, which that's understandable, um, I think. No, it's not understandable. I'm sorry. Because Rice yeah, is in the uh, bottom. I've got well, girls in the I got switched. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, hold up, hold up, hold up. Okay, I'm holding. All right, no, no I was saying, like, hold up, wait a second. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, uh, yeah, they lost. They actually lost to Rice uh, 69-59, and Rice mm-hmm. is six games out of, of first in the West. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's uh, – they lost – they split with UAB – and they split with Marshall. So there's a I'll lot of games. I'll need to see the stats for those games that they lost just to see what went wrong. I know, right? Hopefully we'll be able to exploit that as much as we yeah. can. We'll have to call stands and be like, hey, 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 did you see this? This is what you did need you to do. <laughs> did you watch oh, that God. film on uh, the, that other game? Uh, but anyway. Honestly, this may sound terrible, but I feel like part of the reason why we end up just playing bad sometimes is because our players literally can't hear Coach Stansberry yell out anything because he's so hoarse. <laughs> like, he needs to get vocal repair damage, vocal damage repair. He needs he to needs get his to vocal cords fixed. Yeah, like, he if you've heard any of his post-game interviews, like, you can barely hear the man. It's like he's whispering. Like, I feel like that might be part of our problem. So, can we get, like, can we get, like, a lozenge sponsor for Coach Stans and just let him get man. some... Free lozenges or like I didn't take or vocal ped- I didn't take any vocal pedagogy pedagogy class or pedagogy, <laughs> however you say that word. Like just studying how the vocal cords work, but good lord, he needs some vocal surgery or something because his voice sounds completely fried like twenty four seven. I could see that though, and I hate that. Uh, I actually uh, know a lady who I don't know what happened to her vocal cords, but her husband. Uh, is he was in his like 80s or 90s i think and he was really hard of hearing and she had some issues with her vocal cords so she could only she could only talk slightly above a whisper and it was always kind of like stands like it was always hoarse so yeah. they really didn't even talk to each other <laughs> yeah. see this is what you can do if you don't believe me Pull up an interview or something from where Stansberry was in Mississippi State and listen to him talk, and then go listen to the most recent presser that we've had with him, and you'll 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 tell a big difference. Let me see if I could find one real quick here, just for our listeners. 
Yeah. Just so they can hear his voice. Yeah, type Uh, in Rick Stansberry interview, but be sure you put like Mississippi State or something on it. Which it is crazy. I mean, do you ever do you remember the fact that Coach Stansberry was literally SEC Coach of the Year once? No, I did not. And okay, let's see if we can hear this real quick. I had forgotten about that, but that was in two thousand four. I think uh, it was a long time ago. You know, give their coach credit. He did a great job getting his team ready to. That's not too bad. They could have very easily just caved it. At in. least you can actually understand uh, what he's saying. You know, yeah. What uh, What's the date on that? What's that from? This is um, this is on March first. Um, I don't know what game was. Was that FIU? Yeah. Of course, it's okay. So credit to WKU Sports on YouTube because this is who posted this. But um, I'm trying to find like a post game interview real quick. Yeah, those post-game interviews is what Oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, this is MSU. Here we go. Man, he looks young, doesn't he? Uh, this is MSU's loss to UK, 81-75 in overtime. Dang. Credit to Blue Nation blog on YouTube. Yeah, I bet they enjoy that. All right, Rick, quit playing with your water bottle. Does the mic not work? What's going on here? It sounds like it. It's awful, awful presser. Um, I don't have any good ones where he's really hoarse. This is just really good show prep here. So, <laughs> well, I mean, it was kind of on the spot. So sorry. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Let's see here. Um, well, um, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. Yeah, there's one other day, though. He's you know what to expect a little bit. You know, it was a last-minute situation with Josh out there. Yeah, there you go. You can <laughs> okay, kind of hear Yeah, he's got that rasp. I don't know. Uh, we're going to have to get him some, like, fireball whiskey or something. Maybe that'll help loosen those vocal cords up Yeah, get some before the or after the game. After the con- yeah, we'll need some for the fan base, too, after this conference tournament. God. Uh, uh, okay. So I think we I think we're looking pretty good as far as going into the ODU game. I think, like like I think we're both in agreement. Um, going into ODU, um, I think it's a win first first game, maybe drop second game. Uh, yeah, realistically, I, that's how I would see that. And honestly, I think if we win one, drop uh, drop second, I think that helps us out going into the tournament. Yeah. Into conference play. We got the chip on our shoulder. We're a little bit mad, you know, have that first game kind of like FIU where we scored 90 points, you know, just played some pretty good basketball. Um, I think you got to go in there with a little attitude. You got to be a little angry and just take it out on whoever showed up, you know. I do want to see Osawi get some more minutes, though, because I thought he looked pretty solid against FIU. Even Kozart, he was looking pretty good in the first game against FIU. I didn't get to see the second one. But we need to maybe let some of these other guys get some minutes, too. And one thing that really helps us going into ODU was the fact that Josh Anderson got some rest. And if Frampton is a, if he's able to play, then he'll be more rested, too. So being able to give those guys a break going into this tournament, into these important games, I think is going to be really important for us. 
I, I completely agree with that. Check it out. Check out the games. I don't know. is Are these televised or no? Because I don't see anything saying they are. Well, the other ones, like it was supposed to be like ESPN Plus, but they still ended up showing it on the WKU PBS. So I did get to see uh, that locally. Looks like it's ESPN The Ocho. So no, there's that. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Nah, we don't it, get ESPN uh, games. <laughs> no. Uh, it's, uh, it's March 5th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. I would say I would suggest for those of you who can't go to the game to find it on uh, the IMG Sports Network. They'll probably be there playing that game or at least being able to listen. Uh, And then, of course, on the 6th, it's at 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Shoot, I didn't pull up the girls. Uh, But anyway, they'll probably play around the same time. So just check that out. Check WKU Sports calendar. Um, I want to close out tonight talking about a Netflix documentary I watched. and I'll make it homework for Jared, like all the other things that are homework for him. But I think this is something you'll actually enjoy, and you might do it. Okay. There is a documentary on Netflix, and I want to encourage our listeners to check it out too. It's called the long. It's called Long Shot. Uh-huh. Okay. So the backstory behind this uh, documentary is there is a young man in 2003 gets arrested for the murder of a young lady in Los Angeles, California. The police bring him in. Of course, he has no idea what's going on. Um, And they're like, you know, you're being charged with murder of, you know, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? And they say, well, what's, you know, kind of like, where were you? What's your alibi? And he says, I was at a Dodgers game. Mm -hmm. Of course, they're like, yeah, right. Prove it. So, of course, he gets a lawyer. The lawyer puts in the work. And the rest you'll have to see on the documentary. Uh, but they, I will not spoil it for you, but it's a really good documentary. There's a lot of unusual characters that come into the story and you just go, really? Uh, do you know who Larry David is? I've heard of him. Okay. He, he is the creator. Had? No, he's the creator of Seinfeld and he did a show on HBO oh. called Herb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> I have heard of that. I was just way off. I can't remember the name of that long-term <laughs> announcer that they had for so long. I have no idea either. But into, but anyway, Larry David ends up coming into the story, and it, it's just you just go, wow. And of course, you know he thinks it's hilarious telling the story of you know of what happened. Uh, but it, it's a really interesting story, and uh, ended up changing the guy's life. So check out the documentary. It's only like forty minutes. Uh, so check that out. It's, it's really good. Um, and then of course for you baseball fans out there, there's another documentary I'll recommend on Netflix baseball wise, uh, explicit. It is called the battered bastards of baseball. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. It is about Bing Russell, uh, Kurt Russell's dad who starts, who takes over a team in Portland, Oregon. And, uh, they're called the Mavericks, and they are an independent baseball team back in the 70s and 80s, I think. I can't remember exact dates. Uh, but there, it's that's a pretty good documentary as well as far as baseball goes. If you're a big baseball fan, you'll enjoy it. If you're Honestly, not a big baseball fan, you will enjoy it just because of what they do. I mean, for instance, like uh, when you go watch a Hot Rods game, if you have been to a Hot Rods game. Yeah, uh, Hot Rods are fun. But it's similar to that. 
But these guys literally uh, to get players, Bing Russell would just, uh, he put out newspaper ads across the country and they had like four, three, three, three to 500 people show up to play minor league baseball for the Mavericks. And I think it, and it, it brought out a lot of colorful characters. They did a lot of fun things, uh, kind of goofy things just to uh, let people, you know, have fun. And it was, ended up being successful and it, it just watch the documentary. It's really funny to listen to Kurt Russell talk about his dad who was an actor as well and ended up dying, quote, dying uh, 126 times in different movies. It's impressive. <laughs> but he's he was a big Western guy. But anyway, uh, like I, I said. I will say, well, though, I will say that, like, with you talking about that, I personally, like, I have a lot of personal hot opinions about baseball. But, like, one of them is that the stuff that happens in between the innings is a lot more interesting than the actual games themselves, usually. Like, oh, I agree. I Completely agree. Right, Sometimes um, I honestly have not watched a major league game, major league baseball game since I was probably a kid. Because, Jared, yeah. when I was a kid, um, the games used to be on TBS. They'd show the Braves a lot. And if there was nothing else on TV, I'd just watch a Braves game. I wasn't a Braves fan, but I would just watch the game because it was something on TV. And, you know, you might see something exciting didn't but it happens see i mean going to stuff like that in person can be fun oh yeah uh, usually definitely. like like if you like if you do it at the professional level you're going to be spending like 20 dollars on your food and drink you'll be sitting outside and watching baseball and if it, you're lucky it's a close game in the ninth inning if you're not and it's like 10 to 1 oh you're like leaving I, yeah <laughs> you're out of there um so let me let me back up real quick. ODU girls play ODU on uh, the fourth, which is tomorrow uh, at six thirty p.m. Cent, uh, Eastern's five thirty Central, and then they'll play them on Friday. Uh, and they're both at ODU. They're going to play them at six thirty again Eastern time. Uh, so check those games out for the girls' side. Support them. You know they may be having an off year this year, but next year they may be doing well. And if you've got a little girl who likes watching basketball or, you know, is needing somebody to cheer for or do something with, you know, things are starting to open up, you know, with COVID and everything. Maybe this next season you can take your little girl to a game. You can show her a game on TV with these young ladies playing. They, this will mean a lot to them, the athletes, and, you know, it'll mean a lot to your kid in the future. So support the lady toppers. Um, and, of course, men's is going to play on the 5th at, 8 Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, and they play on the 6th, which is Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern, and that'll be 4 p.m. Central. I'm sorry, i got to do math in my head, and subtracting one is just awful sometimes. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm going to say it's going to be on the IMG Sports Network. If there's anything released in the meantime, check out the Tower Rack. Uh, the guys at the Tower Rack and us, we always shoot out as much stories and stuff as possible. And... Uh, that's all I've got, guys. But as always, go tops. Go tops. <laughs>